When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tirza Price, and we are recording this on October 6th, and I am happy to report that it finally feels like fall where I am. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi, Tirza. I'm so glad to hear that. It also feels like fall fall mostly where I am because like I'm looking out the window as we record and the trees are like turning that like orange yellow color the leaves we still need to work on the temperature the temperature is literally hot and cold (laughs) um we're we're getting that as we get that together you know I have faith that the um, you know the temperature will get that together and bring in a truly fall feeling because we had some days that were kind of like 75 and it was just a little little too toasty to feel like true fall but we're getting there we're getting there that's good that's good yeah I actually had to go dig a sweater out of my closet this morning I was so excited so yeah it was like 85 degrees earlier this week but now it's cooled down nicely and I'm like yes I'm here for it 85 Five, jeez! I know, I know. Global warming sucks, but global warming really sucks. It does. Oh lord. Yeah. So, and I had to get flu and COVID shots today. So I'm just planning on like being really chill. It's going to be actually chilly this weekend, and I'm going to like make a big pot of chili. I can't wait. That's a lot of chill in that work sentence. But it all fits. Chili. Ooh. Do you do a meat chili or are you strictly bean? Oh, I, I like to do like, you know, classic Midwestern beans and mm. ground beef chili. I mean, I do like a good white chili as well with like chicken, but yeah, like comfort food. Mm. Ooh, Midwest chili. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. When I, this is really random, but since we're on the topic of like fall and cozy things, when I moved to Iowa, Everybody was always like, oh, my gosh, do you know about, like, chili and cinnamon rolls? And I was like, I I know Uh, that chili exists and I know that cinnamon rolls exist. But apparently, so if there's any, like, Iowan or I think even Nebraskan listeners here, apparently, like, chili and cinnamon rolls is, like, a thing that you eat, like – together like not necessarily putting cinnamon rolls in your chili but like eating them together is like a very like cozy nostalgic thing for a lot of people in Iowa because I think yeah like in the 80s and the 90s like that was like a school lunch that they would serve was like chili with um, cinnamon rolls so everybody's always like oh it's a good chili and cinnamon roll type of weekend and I was like you know what I'm not from Iowa but this is something I can get behind you like the chili cinnamon roll combo uh, yeah, I, you know, oh. I think it works well because I like my chili like a little bit spicy yeah. and then like, you know, you get like the warmth of like a cinnamon roll as a little dessert. I think it works great. So if you need like a new fall favorite. 
Did you, do you like eat them at the same time or you eat the cinnamon roll after you're done with your chili as a dessert? I mean, I think that that probably is up to to different people. Like I personally eat that my like cinnamon roll is like a little dessert, but yeah, people feel very strongly about this. I learned when I moved to Iowa. Um, so that is one thing that I took from Iowa and when I left was like, I'm, I, I like the idea of, of chili and cinnamon rolls together. So anyhow. Wow. That is so interesting. I, I'm asking because I'm like, I'm so intrigued. This is such an interesting combination. I know, right? It sounds very comforting, though. It is. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I've had it a couple. I've made it a couple of times at home and it is really comforting. So I um, highly recommend if you're looking for a comforting um, Midwestern authentic <laughs> sort of combination <laughs> for your yeah. fall and winter. Nice. But anyhow, we've got a few news items for you before we dive into our topic, which is very seasonally appropriate. Mm -hmm. And our first news item is a little bit sad. It is um, Echo Brown, who's a YA author, who wrote Black Girl Unlimited and The Chosen One, um, unfortunately has passed away. Um, She was 39. So I, you know, obviously her death was unexpected and and premature and very sad. So um, that was, I was just really sad to hear that. I have yeah. not read Black Girl Unlimited or The Chosen One, although they've been on my my TBR and Black Girl Unlimited was the um, William C. Morris Award finalist. Mm. But just so sad. Yeah, super sad. 39 is ridiculous. And the books were really well received. So it's like, I feel like they were like autobiographical. It was like, autobiography mixed with magical realism and they detailed her life um growing up like in poverty but then going to an ivy league school and i i was well i was speaking to you about this a little before we recorded and i was just like i can tell she had more books in her you know you know detailing her life so this is just super sad it's a great loss yeah that is it's yeah why has had a tremendous loss but um there's a link in the show notes to our article about it um book riot and it includes a um youtube video of her performing one of her poems so i think that that is definitely worth checking out if you Mm -hmm. haven't read her books just kind of take a moment and remember her for sure The other news we have is decidedly more happy, I guess, is the word. Optimistic, maybe. Optimistic (laughs) is the better word. Thank you. I was like, I was getting there. I was like, it's happy, but it's like, it's good because of other bad things happening. Basically, um, libraries are coming to save the day. They're fighting book bans. So two California library systems have joined the Books Unbanned program. Um, the Books Unbanned program was started by Brooklyn Library in 2021 as a way to counteract uh, book bans across the country. And each library has their own criteria for who can get their Books Unbanned card. In general, the cards are digital and therefore, well, I think the LA library, it's like for anyone within California, just 18 to 13 to 18, I believe, actually. Um, and you can check out any book, especially, you know, that gives access to banned books. And the other libraries, the San Diego Library joined, um, but there's also Brooklyn Library, like I said, Seattle Library and Boston Public Library are also part of the initiative. And I think with those libraries, you have to be like, I think it's like anyone 13 to 26. Different ones have different ages, but it's the same thing. Like they give you 
um, a library card and you can check out basically anything from their digital collection, ebooks, audiobooks, basically. So that's pretty cool. Yes, it is awesome, especially if you are a young person who has been affected by censorship or soft censorship in your you know home libraries definitely um check those out we have links in the show notes so hopefully you can get some great books um and then the new york public library has also launched a nation nationwide teen band book club which is pretty i mean it's not cool that there has to be a band book club but it is pretty cool it's basically anyone 13 and up across the country can download the featured book for free using um, an app called simply e and all of the books have been banned or challenged and the first one is each of us a desert by mark oshiro so um, there is again a link to that in the show notes definitely check that out as well Mm -hmm. And before we move on, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okie doke. So autumn is here. It's time to curl up with a great read and get cozy. Whatever your version of cozy looks like, whether it's, you know, chili and cinnamon rolls or romance, creepy (laughs) reads, modern classics, or escapist reads that you crave. And TBR can help you find the perfect books for your fall reading with um, options curated to your specific reading tastes. So you can visit mytbr.co to find out more and sign up. It only takes a few minutes. And that's mytbr.co. Okie doke. So what's interesting with that, you and I have both worked as TBR bibliologists. So I was just going to say, like, just to make it more, like, familiar, like, we've actually, um, it's like a real person that looks at your your likes and dislikes and, like. Yes, real, real readers. We do not use mm-hmm. AI or robots or gremlins or whatever else. Like, we are <laughs> real power readers helping you find books. I think we should use book gremlins, though. I I, I might be half gremlin. Let's be real. Yeah, I, mean, I might be half gremlin. <laughs> I I think that that is possible. Um, I I feel the same way. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you, if you want us to recommend you books, you can do that. It's fun. If you want us to recommend you books just right now we are gonna do that um we are really excited because we wanted to talk about like graphic novels but particularly spooky sort of october seasonal graphic novels and there are so many great ones aren't there erica Mm-hmm. yes for real it was hard actually to like, I think, narrow it down because there were so many great ones. Yeah. But um really excited about our list and our lineup here. So I don't know. Do you want to kick us off? Yes, I will. My first one is Coven by Jennifer Dugan, illustrated by Kit Seaton. And this is about MZ. She is like a senior in high school, right? So she has a girlfriend. She lives in California with her parents. And she is just like a surfer girly. Like, 
she wants to go hang out at the beach with her friends, with her girlfriend, boom, 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 la, 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 like that, right? But she's also an elemental fire witch, and which is uh, gorgeously illustrated on the cover. Thing is, though, and this is totally not like... I'm like, girl, I could not get with that. If I was an elemental witch, honey, I would be so into it. She doesn't like her witchy powers. She just like, she uses them for like parlor tricks, like like setting a candle, wick a flame, that type of stuff. Like she's super not into the witchy world. And her parents belong to a coven back in New York. And she doesn't feel connected to the coven. She's just like, not for that witchy stuff, right? So one day, her parents tell her that they are moving back to New York. I should say that a scene that precedes this in the graphic novel, there is this young person who runs to like runs through the woods and runs to the door of this kind of like big, like old looking house. And there's like blood on them. And they this little kitten in their arms that they're like clutching to for dear life. And then they like collapse into the people who answer the door. They collapse into their arms or whatever. So it's like very ominous start. So then fast forward to her parents telling her that they are all moving back to New York. She's like, okay, so why do I have to leave, like leave my life here? My girlfriend and my friends, this California life that I love. Why do I have to leave and go to your stupid coven? I don't even know those people. I don't have a connection to them. I don't care about this witch stuff. Like, whatever. Her parents are like, something bad, really bad happened. Basically, an entire family within the coven was killed, like, very brutally. And so they think that someone is back killing witches and they need the protection of their coven because in California, they're kind of just out there by themselves, her, you know, mom, her dad, and her. And so they're like, we got to not only go back to figure out what happened to our fellow coven members, but we have to fall back into the protection of the coven too, because we might be vulnerable out here by ourselves. I think she was a little rude. Some of her, she was telling her parents (laughs) to stop talking. And so I'm like, oh, it couldn't have been me. But she was, sis was a little rude. But she goes there and she meets the coven What's interesting about the coven is it they're not all, well, you know, coven rules differ depending on the book, the story you're reading, um, but it's people from like different races, different different ethnicities and stuff, and they call it, kind of all live in one big house for the most part. Uh, although the people who were killed, they lived outside of the house, but they are in New York. Turns out there was one survivor and he survived... But his, the rest of his family died. And he is no, he is like understandably upset and he is not open to her. And he is just like, you know, all he could save was his sister's kitten. He was the person in the beginning who wound up on the doorstep covered in blood and stuff. So basically she starts going to this new high school. Immediately, this really handsome guy, Ash, comes up and she's like, yo, I have a girlfriend, back off. And he's like, oh, he like, it's kind of like a little flirty, a little like, oh, if you've seen um, Lee Bardugo's show on Netflix, what's that called? Oh, yeah, Shadow and Bone. Yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of giving Jasper, that's the one with the guns, right? Jasper, yes. Yeah, very much Jasper vibes, like skin tone, height, 
handsome, kind of slick talking, whatever, like very like, ooh, I'm intrigued. So very much Jasper vibes. But anyway, so she finds out he's part of her coven, actually. And so she slowly warms up to the guide and together they start to um, find out what happened to his family. So she meets some other friends in high school and the other people in the high school kind of look at Ash and the other kid kind of weirdly because there are these like rumors surrounding them that they worship the devil and stuff like that. So it's a cool like there's elemental magic. There's death magic. There's healing magic. There might be a death witch roaming around, which was outlawed years ago because they're so dangerous. So we just have to figure out like what happened. Was it a rival coven? Are the, are the coven wars starting again or the witch wars? I should say, cause there were some witch wars a few years ago. We just got to figure it out. Basically, MZ is like having to adapt to this new school. She's acting differently according to her girlfriend. They're trying to make the long distance thing work. So it's just a whole bunch of different things. The artwork is beautiful. I was greatly entertained by it. But it made me think of a question I wanted to ask you, Tirza. Yes. So we both like witchy stories, obviously. Yes. So, okay, there. depending on the book, on the story you're reading, there are different rules to the magic. There are different kind of witches, depending, right? So you got elemental, yes. death, la, 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 different kind of things. So I have a two-part question for you. One, what kind of, if you lived in any of these magical worlds, what kind of magic do you think you would have? Like, what kind of witch would you be? And then two, what kind of magic would you actually want to have? Like, do you think you would have the magic you wanted? Oh, that's a good question. As much as I think that I would be like, oh, it'd be so cool to be like, oh, cool and, and you know, kick butt with my like elemental fire magic. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like fighting. And I don't like, <laughs> um, I like danger. If I had magic, I would be like growing a really cool garden and like oh. using it to like make the best food and like if I could have like a magic power that like made everything that I cooked or baked taste amazing mm. or like always brew the like the perfect cup of tea like oh yeah I would be all over like the very domestic cozy stuff nice. so I think that would be kind of like what my powers would be how about you nice I love that oh that that fits the show also I feel like I would want an elemental magic as well like fire but then I'd also want to be like healing so I'd want like I'd be doing too much like what I would want but I think I probably would be like a water like I can control water or something because water that'd be cool I'm I can be confrontational (laughs) (laughs) but like so but I try not to be but I like go with the flow a little on the nose like I adapt depending on the you know environment I'm in but I probably want something like fire but I you know what I mean like Water, water could be powerful. That's what I'm saying. Water could be helpful. It could also be like damaging. And I think that describes yeah. me well. That is, <laughs> I, love I it. don't know that I would, you know, like I probably want something else, but I'm like, that probably would be me, honestly. So yes. So yeah, I love your, your magical world power is cute though and, and greatly needed. It sounds very healing. Yes. I. I just, you know, I think that's what, that's totally my vibe and I I will own it. (laughs) Yes, I love it. 
But yes, so that is Coven <laughs> by Jennifer Dugan, illustrated by Kit Seaton. Very cute. Loved the artwork. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I have a copy. It's sitting like within reach of me and I have yet to start it, but I will have to pick it up this season because it seems like the perfect book for October. Absolutely. Um, And it's a graphic novel, so it's short. So perfect. All right. My next pick, which is also one about witchcraft, is Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker and Wendy Shu. And it is really, it's like a nice balance of like the danger and the excitement, but also like the sweetness of like first love and and like the coziness of magic. So it is about um, Nova. She is a teen witch. She lives with her grandmother's they run this bookshop that's kind of like this front for like magical spells and enchantments. And at night, um, Nova, like, so Nova works at the shop during the day. At night, she likes to um, investigate supernatural things that happen in their town. And one night, she is in the woods. She's following a lead on something that somebody told her about. And she comes across this um, really unexpected thing, a horse demon battling a werewolf. And she's like, okay, this is, this is a little weird. This is not what I expected. And um, she discovers that the werewolf is her childhood crush, Tam. And Tam, she has not seen Tam in years because they left town kind of abruptly without notice and without, you know, a forwarding address. And so this is the first time that Nova has seen them in ages and she discovers that Tam has been cursed and basically they have a ticking clock to kind of figure out this curse. Um, and if they can't figure it out, bad things will happen. And Nova's like, of course I will help you. Like, I'm not going to leave you out in the cold. And so she and her grandmothers give Tam shelter. And um, as they're trying to figure out a way to break the curse, Tam and Nova are also falling in love. So it is really, it's a sweet book, but it also has like sort of the high stakes and the, the danger and the magic and the excitement. Um, the cover is super adorable. I really enjoyed this one. In fact, I every year I think like, oh, I got to get like, because I, I borrowed it from the library. So I, every year I think like, I've got to get a copy of my own um, just to have on my shelf because this is like one of those ones that I would like to go back to. Um, so that is Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker and Wendy Shu. That is such a perfectly cozy, like even with the I mean, like you said, there is some spookiness to it, but like even like the color scheme of it, it's just like very autumn, very autumnal. Yes, it's totally autumnal. And I, one of my favorite books that I have read for this season. I love it. Ooh, okay. So I have another great graphic novel, but let's hear from our sponsor real quick. Okay, so the next one I have is Brooms by Jasmine Walls, illustrated by Teo Duval. And if you listened, uh, what is time? A couple episodes ago, we did an episode on indie publishers. And this one is published by Levine Carrito. So that was one of the indie YA publishers that we discussed. So this is a new one by them. And so... This has such an interesting, I think, unique premise. So again, witches. I already told y'all like three out of four of my choices are witches. I, I like what I like. I am what I am. So this one takes place in 1930s Mississippi. And we open up to 
this indigenous woman teaching these two younger kids magic. They're like fledgling. They have fledgling powers. They're like trying to lift like potatoes and simple stuff like that. They're a little frustrated. Uh, one of them is deaf and she signs. And we're basically like dropped right into this magical world. And so then we learn that magic exists, obviously, but basically only white people can practice magic freely. And indigenous people, Choctaw in the case of our protagonist, indigenous people can practice magic, but only if you pay buku dollars for an exemption. And then black people can't practice it at all, even though they have magic, right? So Luella, the Choctaw lady who was teaching the kids in the beginning, she's discussing with the rest of her family members. She's like, all right, those were her little cousins that she was teaching. So she's like, all right, so we can't get this money for them to get these exemptions, but the government is sending around agents to see who in their, like, who is magic, like who has, who has developed magic. And if they find out that her cousins come away to residential schools. So right there, we see that a lot of this uh, mirrors what really happened in real life. So Luella, when she was a child, she got taken away to the residential school and it was really terrible. They like sealed away her magic and it was just like an awful traumatizing experience. So she wants to stop her cousins, stop that from happening to her cousins at all costs. So she su- she suggests they enter these illegal broom racing competitions, which is just as cool as it sounds. It's so cool. Uh, so Luella's like, listen, let's let's get some money from these competitions because we can't let this happen to these girls. And then, you know, her elders are like, okay, but those are really illegal. And if they find you, if they find out the girls are involved, residential schools will be the least of their worries. Like they could kill them, they could incarcerate them, take their magic away, different things, right? Um, they're like, are you sure this is safe for them? And she's like, yes, the people who I race or who, the people who I know in within that world, I trust with my life, basically. So she brings the girls to there just to see like how comfortable they felt with it. And she's introduced to her little boot things team. Ow, ow. <laughs> Billy May, Billy May and her got a little something going on. You know what I mean? And Billy May is the head of, I forgot the name of their team, but basically racing teams are, have groups of three. You got like the lead, the second, and then like the defender or whatever. So Billy May is the lead. That's, that's Luella's little booski. And Billy May's black. And then you have another character, Loretta, who's black. And then you have the second in command of their team, their racing team. And she is Asian. So you have a very like good mix of people. And it's funny, like when we talk about diversity and this type of thing, like queer people, disabled people, people of different races and ethnicities, like we, you know, Book Riot, we, we, you know, we celebrate that and we highlight it and we look for it. But it's funny because it's like, it's just mirroring real life. Yep. But it's like, you know, well, you you know why we can't, you know why we highlight it because oftentimes in the past books didn't have that. But I'm only shouting that out because it, it feels natural to me when I see it. Anyway, so the races are illegal, so they have to be really careful. They have to change locations. They have to be on the lookout for the cops, 5-0, you know, and there is this 
team that's racing from a school, like a university, I believe. And it's a group of three white dudes. And the thing is, Mississippi, they can sabotage something. And people are sore losers when they lose the races because there's money on the line. Also pride, obviously. But so the girls are learning their magic. They're going to they're going to try to enter into these races and drum up some money. So I won't tell you what happens. You got to get it. But it's really cool. The artwork, again, is beautiful. I love the color palette. I don't, I need a better way to describe graphic novel art rather than just saying it's pretty. I need, I need adjectives. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's a personal goal for myself. I don't, how would I describe this color palette? Like it's colorful. It very much evokes like the 1930s feel. The magic is fun. The characters are playful. Like I, I, so I read like the first, like probably about 50 pages. That's about as far as I got before we had to sit down to record. I'm really enjoying it though. Um, It's so great. It is. Definitely recommend it as well. I highly recommend. Yes. Yes. So that, again, is Brooms by Jasmine Walls and Teo Duvall. Awesome. All right. My next pick is a little bit of a departure. If you are like, I don't like Supernatural, I don't like spooky things, um, then you will love this book. It is called Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell and Faith Erin Hicks. And this is like, I don't often think like, oh my gosh, this book is so good. I wish I had written it. But like this book for me was like just so good and so like absolutely my vibe and and what I love that I do kind of was like, oh, I was kind of like when I first read it, like, man, I wish I wish I had written this book. It's so good, which is very much a compliment. Pumpkinhead. So it is about Josiah and Deja. They are work best friends. They work at like the epic Disneyland of, of pumpkin patches. And every fall they have been like work partners and they have a booth at this just epic pumpkin patch where it's like not only coming to see pumpkins, but you've got multiple stalls and, you know, diversions and attractions and all sorts of fun stuff. And so they are now seniors. They've worked together um, only in the fall for like the last four years. And it is the final night of the pumpkin patch. It's Halloween night. And, you know, they're they're not going to work together next fall because next fall they'll be presumably off at college and so they you know josiah is very much by the books rule follower he's gonna be like oh we're just gonna have a regular last night and deja is like "Uh uh-uh this is our last night we are totally ditching our responsibilities and we are going to get you to the girl that you've been crushing on for the last four years and you're finally going to admit how you feel about her and josiah is like what and deja's like yep let's go and so it's kind of like this hilarious epic madcap rush across this giant um pumpkin patch um and it's full of like misconnections and near misses and like all these hilarious little antics as they're trying to get josiah to the girl so he he can confess his feelings and Deja is such like a great, you know, wing woman. She's always like, yep, let's go. Um, But her one thing is that she has to stop for all the good snacks because she appreciates the pumpkin Mm. patch food, which I appreciate Mm. about her. And so it's just this like lovely story about like what they, what they have to do in a night to finally, you know, be brave and, and kind of confess feelings, but also, um, they kind of have to confront how they feel about each other and their own friendship and the fact that, like, they're only fall time friends and this is coming to an end and why can't they be, you know, friends year round? Um, so I really enjoyed it and the colors were very, like, 
oranges and blues and greens. Um, and it felt so autumnal and so cozy and it made me want to go to a pumpkin patch. So that is Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell and Faith Aaron Hicks. Adorable. So the next one I have is Over My Dead Body by Sweeney Boo. And again, it's witches all day, every day. <laughs> um, this one definitely has more of a, I'm actually literally like flipping through it to like look and see like. So the the color palette kind of changes depending on like the mood of the page but in general the color scheme is very uh autumnal as well and it's beautifully illustrated the limes are crisp and the colors are bright and rich and so basically it's about it takes place i should say at a magical school um so it's kind of like a little dark academia too just just checking all the boxes, basically. So there is, what is the school called? Yoonwitty. All right. So Yoonwitty's Institute of Magic. You have the main character, Abby, who is a mentor to Noreen. Abby and Noreen both have the surname Yoonwitty because they were foundlings or orphans and basically adopt, adopted by the school's coven. So Abby's like a senior and, you know, she helps out just, just like mentors Noreen. Loki, Noreen is like a sister because she doesn't have any family. So this one too, noticing a pattern. This one too, when you first start it, it shows this girl at this like ritual circle and she's tied up and she's like begging for her life basically. And there's a person, I'm assuming it's a person, or we, we don't know what it, who it is. Someone is speaking to her off page. You can't see them. So they're like casting a spell or something. And the girl is like, please let me go. I won't tell anyone. Like, you know, this, we can figure it about, we can forget about all this. It doesn't have to be like this. Basically pleading for her life, right? So as they continue to cast a spell, then there is this like ghoulish hand that reaches and touches the girl's shoulder. And then the girl like kind of falls to the ground. And stuff comes out of her eyes and mouth. Very creepy, very ominous. So boom, next day we meet Abby. And oh, I should say also like the queen bee of the school. We see her telling these kids at lunch. She's also a senior and she's Abby's roommate. We see her telling these other kids about how the woods are cursed. There's a demon that lives there. That's why the students cannot go into the woods. And the years ago, like a hundred years ago, there's this girl named Carla who went into the woods. She was a foundling or an orphan as well. And she disappeared, never to be seen again. The demon in the woods or whatever it is, the entity likes to get orphans. So the kids, they're like, oh my God, is this true? The other kid is like, she's just trying to scare you. But boom. So then we meet Abby finally. I, I mentioned Abby at first because I'm like, she's the main character, but I was like, let me go back to the beginning and set everything up. So there's a big event at school. Abby is running late, story of her life. And then she finds out at the school gathering, the head mistress announced that Noreen, Abby's mentee, has gone missing. And based on the evidence their magic was able to um, gather, she disappeared into the woods. And everyone's like, oh, 
you know, whisper, whisper, gossip, gossip, like what happened to Noreen? So headmistress is like, don't worry about it. We'll find her. The coven will find her. We are not concerned about things. We think we'll find her safely. So the Sam Wind Festival and events will continue because that is a big holiday for them because they're witches, obviously. Abby is like, uh-uh, I don't believe this. This is not enough. We have to go find her. So her and her bestie, Goldie, and at, um her mentee's friend, they're like, okay, so we're gonna, they basically team up to go find Noreen. And to do so, they have to sneak to the library, pass curfew, and get different spell books to try to figure out, like, find Noreen you know, try to defend themselves, try to cover their tracks so no one knows that they're missing because, again, there's a curfew and also there is, you're just not supposed to go into the woods, period. So there's this mystery. What happened to Noreen? Will she come back? Did she live? What's going on? Who or what took her? And also, once Abby and her friends start investigating ways to get Noreen back, as Abby is going back to her room, past curfew at night, I might add. She gets swarmed by the school's ghosts who tell her that like there is this secret that needs to be revealed. So it's like, is that related to Noreen? What's going on? Another thing I liked about this book is that everyone has a familiar. So all these witches have all these different little animals. Abby, what are those hairless cats called? Oh, I don't know. They're kind of creaky looking, but... I think they're called sphinxes, actually. Oh, the sphinx cats. Yeah, I think you're right. I hear that they're good. <laughs> yeah. So his name is uh Simon, if I'm recall if I recall correctly. He's a little he's a little sassy. He kinda has like a little anxiety or whatever. He's like, don't do this. The head the head queen bee girl, she has a raccoon. <laughs> so it's just like all these cute little Yeah. And there was one panel, just this panel that made me like key. It's like when Abby is sneaking around with her friends, trying to figure stuff out, you know, she's past curfew and she's roommates with the queen bee girl. And there's just one panel of like, of the raccoon looking through a, a doorway in darkness. It's so funny to me. I don't know why. Cause she sent the, her familiar to spy on them. But yeah, so there's again, beautiful art. Like I always say, they're like rich jewel tones. There's a mystery, there's magic, dark academia. It's all very good, witchy, and autumnal. And this, again, is Over My Dead Body by Sweeney Boo. Awesome. All right, my next pick is also supernatural, paranormal, but not witches. It is Squad by Maggie Tokuda Hall and Lisa Sterl. And it is about Becca, who has just recently moved to a new school. Um, and I believe it's like the suburbs of like the Bay Area, San Francisco. And she does not feel at home there. She feels really out of place. And she feels kind of like and she's walked into like a mean girl situation where like they're the most popular girls in school. They're kind of known as the squad. There are three of them. They're like outstandingly gorgeous and, and beautiful and everybody loves them. And 
curiously, they kind of take a liking to her and they're like, oh, you want to kind of like join our squad? And she's like, oh, cool. It's nice to make friends. and It's nice to make popular friends. And so she joins. But what she doesn't realize at first is that um, they're werewolves. They're totally werewolves. And they want her to join them because they need a fourth person to fill out their squad. And Becca's kind of like, sure, why not? <laughs> And so, because, like, they're they're werewolves with morals. They only hunt at the full moon, and they only eat boys who are, like, you know, low-key sexual predators, or, like, the guys who, like, you know, push girls when they say no, or guys who don't take no for an answer, um, or guys who just sometimes step over a line and, you know, are not... Like, there's no qualms about them being slimy. Like, everybody knows. They're, like, the date rapists. So, you know, Becca doesn't feel too bad eating them because they're bad. And she actually enjoys being a werewolf. She's, like, gorgeous and strong and she feels awesome and she's popular. But things get complicated when um, there is a pattern sort of linked to the boys that they are preying on and um, it could possibly link the authorities back to them so i don't want to say too much because i really enjoyed reading this not kind of knowing where it was going to go but it's really interesting take on like rape culture and also like the idea of like vigilante justice and like how far you're you're willing to go and also how like it's it's not always really straight cut or um easy or just you know straightforward justify what you do and why you do it and there's some nuance there and i really appreciate that the author and illustrator went there with the nuance um so this is kind of a kind of a brutal book um i mean it's Mm. not like horrifically violent on the page but at the same time like the author and illustrator don't shy away from the reality that like these girls turn into werewolves and then they hunt you know, certain boys and they, they lure them out so that it's easier for them to get. And, and that kind of is, is, you know, a little brutal. So I would say for upper teens, if you're like a little uncertain about handing this to, to younger teens, but, um, it is young adults and it is really fantastic. It is, um, Squad by Maggie Tokuda Hall and Lisa Sturl. And oh, the colors. Um, I really like the colors. They kind of reminded me a bit of like the 80s because yeah. there's a lot of neon and there's like a lot of bright colors and like a lot of like pinks with like yellows and oranges and, and like purples is really great. I have a copy. I literally just leafed through it. I haven't finished it yet. But it, yeah, it definitely gives like 80s Barbie Loki and like kind of like the Archie style of comics, like the artwork. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love the artwork. Um, so my last graphic novel is a total departure from the other ones that I have. And it's a pretty short, like description wise, what I would describe of it is pretty brief. So it is Laid Back Camp by Afro. It is manga. And it is about these high school girls who camp. And they like to camp. Well, uh, and they're in Japan, I should say. I said it, it was a manga, but I didn't. I don't think I specified that it was takes place in Japan at these Japanese camping sites that are in these really pretty locations. So Rin, 
likes to camp off season, like I said. She meets this other girl who is kind of like, she like just moved to the area. She lost her phone. She can't contact her parents. And she looks like younger than Ren is. But Ren helps her out by sharing some food with her and stuff like that. And so this is what you call a slice of life kind of story. It's part of the slice of life genre, which is where it's just like you have these characters. It's very chill. And they're basically just going about their days doing life things. I kind of just realized that I really love this genre for anime and manga and other graphic novels. Uh, It's really, really relaxing to read slice of life graphic novels. And so this one is about uh, these girls going camping in the in the cold, like colder months, like autumn and winter and stuff like that. And it kind of almost teaches you about camping, like the different things you have to do, how to start a fire, what kind of pine cones to look for, for a fire. And it's just like really relaxing and cute. Um, and like the scenery is cute. It's nice. So again, that's Laid Back Camp by Afro. Awesome. Um, I had never heard of that one. So thank you for telling me about it. Mm-hmm, for sure. My final pick is a ghost story. So it is Anya's Ghost by Vera Broskel. And it is a story of Anya who is not happy at school. Um, her uh, mother um, immigrated to the U.S. when she was a small child and, and she did as well. And people make fun of her because she's different. She's Russian, American, and yeah, she just gets bullied a lot. She's not happy. She doesn't have a single friend. She's coming home from school one day and she takes a shortcut to avoid some bullies and she ends up falling into the bottom of a well, which is not good, obviously. Um, and while she's down there, she surprisingly meets a ghost. And her ghost is like, oh, hey, wow, I've been down here for so long. Like, it's nice to finally, like, meet somebody. And they start talking. And she's, you know, weirdly not super afraid of this ghost. And she was like, oh, man, I'll help you get out of the bottom of this well. This this stinks. And she's like, oh, thanks. I'll be your friend forever. And so they, <laughs> so she helps her out of the, the well. And she's got her ghost. And she's like, oh, I have a friend. Like, finally. Like. It's so great to have a friend. And her ghost is kind of a stinker. Like, she's messing with the bullies and she's kind of helping her out and saving her. And Anya's like, This is cool. I like this. But then things start to take a sinister turn. And Anya's like, Oh, maybe having a ghost isn't so cool after all. Lies. And I, will I don't believe it. Leave it at that. Right? It sounds cool. I'm just kidding. I mean, I would like a ghost as long as they. Don't do the things that happen in Anya's ghost. Okay, fair. So, um, yes. But it's, I really like it because it's got a good balance of like humor, but also it's, it's pretty f- like foreboding. And even the color scheme really reflects that. It's like a lot of grays and like dark purples. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's really great. It kind of captures like that dreary fall sort of feeling but also it's this good story about you know somebody who's lonely and who wants a friend and but also you know sometimes that's not the person that you befriend is maybe not always a good person either so i will like i said i will leave it at that um but i really enjoyed it i read this for the first time like years ago and it was really great obviously it's really stuck out in my brain and i think i've reread it a couple of times since then I recommend it. I think it's fun. Um, and it's like one of those really quick ones you could read yeah. in an afternoon. So that is Anya's Ghost by Vera Broskel. 
Nice. Oh, I've got some books to finish, some books to add to my TBR with these recommendations. Yeah. Before we close out for the day, I did want to share this really cute game that I found out about literally like last night. And it's called, it's for the Nintendo Switch. Although it might be available on other platforms, but I'm not sure. I think it's available on the Steam Deck and Steam. So if you do PC gaming, yes. Yes. I have a Switch, so that's why I was like a Switch. But yeah, a lot of games are also available because it's digital, so that makes sense. So it's called This Way Madness Lies. It is a JRPG comedy and it stars a group of magical girls. And I was like gagging when I saw this. I was like, oh my God, there's Jerry Majerza. I was so excited to share it with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so cute and fun. I think I'm going to get it. It's on sale right now. It's got like a dollar off or something. It's like eight bucks. If you know, I don't know if you're interested. It seems like lighthearted. It's got old English. I think you can get a pet. It's really cute. Look, I'm down for any cozy sort of um, Nintendo Switch game where I can have a pet. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm saying another one I... I, the one I was trying to think of to recommend to you is Strange Horticulture. It's like a Ooh. witchy, like you kind of solve a mystery and there are plants, like people come up to you. I actually got Jen on this one. People come up to you with their ills or whatever issue and they're like, I need a plant that can do this. And then you have to look through your book and figure out which plant to recommend them. Oh, that's fun. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that one out as well. Yeah, it's super relaxing and, like, very chill. <laughs> I, I like the chill games. I like the chill and cozy games. So thank you. Wow. Okay. Well, I will appreciate that. And I'm going to have to, since I moved, I'm not sure where my Nintendo Switch is, but I'm going to have to, like, go find it because I, I need to get these games. I think this is on Steam as well, if you're into that. Awesome. Yes. Well, and okay, one last recommendation for me um, that is not a book, and then I will will be done. But um, if you also are looking for something that's like YA adjacent, something to watch, um, this came out a couple of years ago. But I do recommend the Fear Street trilogy. It's a um, trilogy of movies on Netflix. And it's adapted from R.L. Stein's Fear Street, um, which was a YA series that came out like in the 90s. And I honestly did not read the original Fear Street books, but I'd watched the show or the movie and they're really like if you like campy YA horror like this is really fun I really liked them um, they're each movie is set in like a different time period 94 78 and then 1666 um, but they are all connected through um, time and place and characters and I've really enjoyed them like they they were not too scary for me so um, if you want something fun to watch this spooky season there you are that sounds so cool. It came out in 2021. I didn't even hear about it. Oh, wow. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. They, they released like all three movies within like a few, like a month or a few weeks of each other. So it was kind of fun. But yeah, I highly recommend all three. Um, you have to watch them in order. So watch 94 first, 1994, then watch, you know, 1978 and then 1666. So, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed them and I kind of want to rewatch them again this October. That sounds good. I might join you. <laughs> Yay! 
All right. Well, that is it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, you know, feel free to leave us feedback on the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let's us know how we're doing. Helps others find us. And of course, you can always email us directly at heyyabookriot.com. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, all things bookish, and mytbr.co for our TBR service. Um, Thanks again to today's sponsors for making this show possible. And thank you, as always, to our amazing, awesome, brilliant audio editor, Jen Zink. You can follow me on Instagram. I hang out at at Tears of Price. What about you, Erica? I'm on Twitter. At Erica (laughs) underscore E-Z-E underscore. No shade. Well, no shade whatsoever. (laughs) Well, we are going to go off and enjoy the season, but we will be back to bring you more fun book stuff in two weeks. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading.